we're going to continue in the series of the victorious lifestyle of thanksgiving. I can tell you this, there's a reason why we're starting this series. This is a foundational piece of your walk as a child of God. So we're going we're gonna to go really into this and really get into some wonderful things. Go to Romans chapter 1 and verse 21. We went back to the beginning. And this verse reveals literally the beginning. It says here, it says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. So we see what happens when a person is not thankful. Why are they not thankful? Because they're not glorifying God. Why are they not glorifying God? Because they're not thankful. Right? If you did not consistently walk through your day to day thanking God for things in your life, that is, that is a flag that, man, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Because thankfulness is so important. It says because they did this, they became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened. Now this is talking about people that didn't know God. See, these are people that were not born again but how did that happen? Why didn't they give their heart to Christ? Why didn't they serve God? Because they made a decision. How many of you live on the earth tonight? This is getting, this, this division in the earth is getting very clear. It's not good, middle of the road, evil. Right? It's really never been that. But what's happening is, is everything is increasing because we're at the end of the age. So we're seeing there's really no middle ground here. You know, Satan knows he doesn't have much time left. He's loud and he's in your face. And, and for us as Christians, we laugh because he's defeated. Right? Get loud, get whatever, whatever. Doesn't affect me. All my trust is in the Lord. I'll be as Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever, Right? But this unthankfulness is what led to their foolish heart being darkened. As a child of God, if you're living your life and you're not glorifying God as God in an area, and you're not thankful, what happens is a vain imagination, a movie you'll start playing in your mind that, that, that has you living in a manner that is not in line with the word of God and it'll cause you to, it'll blind you. In other words, you'll get into pride. That We're talking about pride there. But now let's fast forward. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. Because now we're transitioning. Now we're talking in an epistle, Paul's letter to a young pastor. And it's very obvious as he's talking, as he's going into this list, of the time that we are now living in. He was talking to Timothy about a time that would come. And man, I'm telling you, Timothy, as the pastor of the church at Ephesus, he lived in a kind of a crazy time. You know, I stood on the very spot where he gave his life. And what it was is they, they were having one of their, one of their uh, I don't know what they called it, like it was like a celebration, but it was totally anti-God, totally sinful, satanic, and everything. Timothy was in his house, and he's like, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm putting a stop to this. And his family and his friends said, don't go out there, they'll kill you. And this, this guy who Paul had to tell, listen, Timothy, dude, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear. Don't be timid. He went from that until I'm going out, I'm stopping this thing. And he went out to stop it and they killed him, right? And I, I stood right at the place in Ephesus. He lived in a pretty ungodly time, but Paul said to him that there's going to come a time, not in the last days, but in the final days. See, the last days started when Jesus came out of the tomb, but the final days are right now. 
We're not in just the last days. We're in the last of the last days. And it says here for men, or it says here in verse one, this no, this, this word no means, listen, I want you to perceive this and understand this, that in the final days, perilous times are going to come. Guess what? We would read that right now. Perilous times are here. Dangerous times, difficult times, strength reducing times. Does that mean that, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to decrease and we're going to suffer financially? And no, we don't have to. We've been redeemed from that stuff. But it's out there. So we got we to know how to deal and navigate through this. This is how we navigate through life. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And thankfulness is a huge thing. See, tonight if you find yourself not thankful for something, then you're unthankful. And that completely puts you in a position for the enemy to come and steal from you. But if you're in a position of being thankful, see, you're in faith. If you're not in faith, you're not thankful. I mean, it's really interesting as we get into this. But it says perilous times will come. See, right now, we are living in a day where Satan is working behind the scenes to reduce people's strength. What do you think about that? Could, could we possibly be, I mean, that's right where people are at, right? Look at verse two, why? What causes, what, what is the cause of these perilous times? For men shall be lovers of their own selves. In other words, they will be selfish. They will be self-centered. In other words, they will be self-aware. Boy, are we self-aware or what? We want to let the world know that I ate a Big Mac at McDonald's today. Are you kidding me? It's all about me. It all, where did all this start? It all started, we don't even know how many thousands and thousands. I mean, Adam and Eve lived about 6,000 years ago, but this was way before that in eternity that God made this anointed cherub and he was the most beautiful angel cherub in heaven and in him was music and and all he actually led worship he actually walked in the mount of god he was created a beautiful thing god didn't create him satan he was created lucifer until iniquity was found in him well how did that happen he started looking at himself and he started thinking man i am so incredible he became self-aware and pretty soon he's watching god operate in eternity how that he he frames things with his words he's creating things god's always been a creator He's seeing him as the God of the universe, the way he's operating, and he thinks, I could do that. And he starts doing the I thing. I, I, will, I will ascend above the throne of God. I will be like him. I, and See, that's where it all started. And then we see him after he's cast down to the earth, and he took a third of the angels with him. But now, Adam and Eve are in the garden, and what happens is when Eve gets deceived by him, he comes and he's like, well, surely God didn't say this and all this stuff. And then, then he at, comes at her with the same thing that he's always lived in. Hey, listen, God doesn't want you to eat of this tree because you'll be like him. You'll know good and evil. That's why. See, it's like, see, God's not... He was, he was basically saying to Eve, God's not this really good guy that you think he is. You know, so, so go ahead and eat it. And then when she looked at this tree, desired it to make her wise, and, and, and it was the, she, started, she started wanting something. What, what's really interesting is she started wanting something that in reality God had already given her everything, but she didn't see it. 
And when Adam and Eve, see, then, then Eve ate that fruit and she literally, the light of the glory of God went out in her. I mean, Adam, could you imagine all of a sudden this woman that was made from him, this woman that he loved with very much the love of God, all of a sudden when she ate that, because see, and Adam was standing right there when the, when the enemy was doing all this deceiving, the, Adam should have said, you shut up and you get out of here. But he didn't. He just stood passively by. Don't stand passively by in your life. Don't allow Satan to come into your house, on your property, into your finances, into your body. Don't, don't allow any of that stuff. But then the light goes out with her. And all of a sudden he's like, oh my gosh. She's different than I am. And now he had to, see, he wasn't deceived by the enemy. He knew, he knew I disobey, I eat this fruit and I'm going to be just like her. And eyes wide open, he chose her over God and he died spiritually. And the minute he did it, he became self-aware. When he became self-aware, what happened? Fear came in, Right? They're hiding themselves. They're, they're, they're trying to cover what they feel is an inadequacy. They, were, they lost the glory of God. What caused all of that? They stopped being thankful for everything they had in the garden. And they just had to have that one thing that God said no. Satan had everything in heaven. Lucifer, he's the worship leader in heaven, living in the most glorious of all creations, in the very presence of a God, and he treated it as common, and he started wanting something and wanting to touch something that he shouldn't touch. Boy, right there is why I went into the tithe thing the way I did in the offering. That's why God had me do that. Because that... The tree of the knowledge of good and evil was a type of the tithe. Look all the way through the Bible. When you touch something and take something that God says don't, it never works out well. In every case, why does a person touch what God says don't touch? Because they're not thankful for what he's done for them. They're looking at what they don't have. Why are people running around in our little faith churches? You know, with my leather Bible cover and I've got all, I could quote Brother Hagen and, and all this stuff and I could quote every scripture on healing and prosperity, but yet my body is aching and I have no finances. And I'm really not, I don't even care about my brother or sister. I'm up to here in self-centeredness. Why is that? Because I don't really, I'm not thankful for what I have. This is how serious this is. So it says this here. It says, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. What happens when you start loving yourself and you're selfish and self-centered? Well, what will come out of that? Well, covetous. Covetous. You, you could, part of being selfish and self-centered is you could start loving silver and gold. It's all about money. I'm, that, that's the most important thing in my life. What, what else comes out of self-centeredness when you love yourself? Boasters. You'll start boasting. You'll be proud you want, you want to put yourself above others to make yourself feel better. You'll start blaspheming. You mean a Christian can blaspheme? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. It's blasphemous to say that you can't have what God said he gave you. It's blasphemous to say that I'm just this rank sinner and I just feel so bad and, and God could never forgive me when the God of heaven is like, I'll dare you say that. I sent my son and he died for you. That's blasphemous. Disobedient to parents. You can't even watch Disney or some of these nonsense channels. Parents are idiots. Kids know everything. Why is that? Because Satan, part of this self-centeredness is that he wants to destroy the family unit. If he could get a child to not honor and obey their parents, do you think they're going to honor and obey their employer, their boss, their teachers, their pastor? Are they, and, then, and then they're going to get married. Are they going to honor their wife or their husband? No. 
And are they going to ever fulfill the plan of God? No, can't do it. See, Satan, this is a game for keeps. They're unthankful. Look at how that's right in the middle of this list. Unthankful. Anytime you're considering yourself, you're in a position of being unthankful. Unthankful. I know this is, this whole thing didn't come out like this this morning and this afternoon. But I think what, I'm, what, I, what I think the Spirit of God is really wanting to get through tonight is the seriousness of unthankfulness. Unthankfulness and unholy. See, when you're unthankful, you're not, you're not aware of your righteousness and your lifestyle will not be, you won't be walking pleasing to the Lord. Now, does he still love you? Oh, absolutely. Is he still with you? Absolutely. You just won't perceive it and won't be able to benefit from much because he can't get much over to you. But it keeps going. It says, without natural affection. That sounds really horrible, but think about it. That, what that means in the Greek is hard-hearted towards others. You no longer can feel what your brother or sister are feeling. I've been in the church for a long time, I've seen a lot of that. Truce breakers, not a person of your word. False accusers, incontinent, without self-control. Hmm, I wonder if that's in the church. Well, three out of four, three out of four men who profess to be Christians are, don't look at pornography, are addicted to pornography. And, and the, the thing with women with pornography is growing about like this now, right? Because just without self-control, isn't that amazing? Without self-control, yet one of the fruits of our spirit is self-control. But it, does, it doesn't do you any good to have the fruit of your spirit be self-control if you're living out of your flesh. Here's the good news in all this. If you're unthankful, you know how fast you could become thankful? In a second... You could literally change your mind and go, you know what? I'm thankful. I'm alive tonight. Right? Do you know how many people in the world right now, in the Christian world, worldwide, would love to be able to have a nice meal for dinner, hop in a car with heat, come to a church building and sit in comfortable chairs and hear the word of God? I mean, they would just be like, wow. Right? We, are, we should be thankful for so much. It goes on. It keeps going. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Boy, have we seen a little bit about that? We have a whole society that's calling good evil and evil good, and it's getting worse every year. Traitors. People who are heady. High-minded. What is the Greek word high-minded means I rely on my own intellect and not on God. We don't want to be that. Where did it all start? Being lover of your own self. This all flows out of that. And it causes perilous times in the earth because Satan has a heyday in that environment. He can just do whatever he wants. Right? Right? It says here, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Woo. Pastor, don't, we, gotta, we can't even go there. No, I'm not even going to give an example because, boy, can, I could, can we give examples? Right? People put everything above God. I've got, I've got a full schedule and I just don't have time for God. Where does that come from? Self-centeredness. And here's the thing. God says to be carnally minded, to, be, to live out of your flesh, produces one thing only all the time. Death. It's amazing. Do you know in revival, preaching a message like this would literally cause people I've heard stories and read about revivals when people would preach and even mention 
this scripture and preach on it that people would literally run down to the altar and just go, I got to get right with God. Nowadays, people sit there and go, you know what, I'm done. It's my last service. I'm not listening to that guy talk to me anymore. I'm going to go to another church. I got to find somebody else that'll lift me up. Me, 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 right? But guess what? The end result of all that is not good. It's not good. When you realize, see, when you realize that you were created to be thankful and it makes you untouchable from the enemy and you realize, you realize that God will help you and he never gets down on you when you mess up. He's only there to help you. It opens up your whole life. And I know I'm preaching to the choir tonight, but guys, I could tell you the people I'm looking at tonight, you guys are kind of a rare breed. There's a lot of people in this room that have sold out. And now you're not perfect. None of us are. But we're going, I want to live for God. And I want to live. That's rare. And our dear, precious brothers and sisters who never hear this stuff because they're just out doing their own thing, they need to hear it so they don't get blown away by something that happens in the final days. Does that make sense? Because we are literally not to be moved by anything. We are literally to walk in darkness and bring light to dark places. Right? I'm not moved by any political party. I'm not moved by a virus. I'm not moved by all this stuff. I'm not moved by it. I'm in him I live and move and have my being. And I'm going to pray out of that. And he's, what am I going to pray? I'm going to pray what he stirs me to pray. I'm not going to pray what everybody wants me to pray. Right? I'm going to stand. This is, and, and when I say I, I'm talking about all of us. This is what a believer does. If you'll notice, when Jesus was on the earth, he was never moved by his circumstances. He moved his circumstances. And see, right now, we are living in a time when everything looks like that the enemy is just doing so much in the earth. But I've got to tell you, here, I mean, literally, this is the reality of the way it is. You as a Christian, if all hell is breaking out right there, the minute you move here, guess what? Hell moves. It has to. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. When you use the name of Jesus, Jesus shows up right there. When you walk in because you've allowed the armor of God to manifest upon you, Satan gets the heck out of there because he doesn't want to deal with God. Does that make sense? So get ready. Be excited. You know, it might not... It's, see, see all, these, all this walking and all these blessings, don't get me wrong. It might not fall off the tree the way it used to, but it is all there for you. You just might have to just stand a little bit. But I'm telling you, a little, a little smidgen of the Holy Spirit and the presence of God in you dispels the greatest force of darkness that you could ever imagine. And Satan doesn't want you to know that. He doesn't want you to know that. The name of Jesus obliterates the work of the enemy. And you're going to see, as we get in this, the revelation of who we are in him and who he is is going to grow. And, and we're just going to not mess with little things. Right? I mean, when I say little things, I'm talking about everything in the earth system. That's little compared to the God inside of us. The God who we're in. This is huge. It says here, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. 
Boy, if I hear any more, I've heard this statement so much in the last five years, it almost makes me throw up about how churches are putting the Holy Spirit in the back room. No, 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 no. We're, we're not going to have a little form of godliness. We have a cross on our building and we have a bulletin and we call ourselves a church, but we don't allow the Holy Spirit to have his place. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. We're never going to deny that. Deny what? Deny the power. Guess what that word power? That's a Holy Spirit power word. That's the word dunamis. That is the stored ability that is on the inside of him who is on the inside of you that is miraculously released and causes signs, wonders, and miracles. We're not going to deny that anymore. You know why the church has denied it? Because they haven't got to know. So, so no more of that, right? It says ever, and see, here's, here's the end result of a person who is self-centered and selfish. They're not thankful. They are ever learning, but they are never able to come to the full discernment of the word of God. Oh man, they've listened to every CD series on faith, but they're never able to, to actually get in because it's all about them. And, and, and that person, you're going to see this happen. There's people that have so much head knowledge on faith that are walking in nothing. They're actually wrecking balls in the body of Christ and they don't even know it. And they're going to literally be woke up and get over here and be thankful. And you're going to see them grow from here to out the ceiling instantly because the head knowledge will drop in their heart and they'll be like, wow. I mean, that's happened to me before. I remember a time where I was just, I mean, just, I, I, you know, I took this stuff seriously. When I was in a church in California, Pastor Mike Webb, I mean, I had every cassette series that this guy ever did. When God dropped me in, in, in Rhema, I have everything that Brother Hagen has ever said, outlined, listened to, everything, because why? You know, when I heard that my pastor the office that he stood in will equip me to do the work of the ministry. I studied everything he taught. But because I was self-centered, it was all trying to come through this little tiny hole. It just, not much could come through. But what could come through, people would be like, wow, that, that's good. But then all of a sudden one day, when I got myself from unthankful to thankful and, and all of a sudden the unworthiness and, and worthlessness fell off and I saw who I was in Christ, all of a sudden all the dots connected and the anointing meter just went, Whoo! and I'm like, wow. So that's why when I preach, you've heard me say this, right? Sometimes when you're blowing it, you feel like there's the will of God and I'm way, way over here, right? But then you've heard me say, but, and you feel a million miles away, but the difference between way out of the will of God and in the perfect will of God is just this. Don't let the enemy think tell you that man listen you're gonna have to study the word for 20 years to be able to walk in because you've wasted time and no 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 forget all that it's one decision it's one adjustment it's a decision that i'm making a decision tonight that i am going to put god first in my life i'm going to be thankful and it'll all flow out of god's love for you you'll walk around and go man do you know the thing that burns in my heart every moment of every day is the fact that I'm saved. It's not everything I've learned. It's not throw all that out. Listen, I'm born again. My whole future starting right now is complete. The worst thing that could ever happen to me in this life is I could die which will be the most exhilarating feeling that I've ever felt in this world, and then I'll be with Jesus. But because I'm so grateful for salvation, 
I am not willing to leave this planet one second early. And I'm not going to leave wrong. In other words, Satan's not going to take my life. Because, why? Because I was stupid. Right? I'm not going to do that. Now, I, I don't know how to do everything, but I'm so excited because I have the God who knows how to do everything on the inside of me. And he is the... Have you ever, have you ever had a great teacher in school? What, what is the... A great teacher is this. He takes this subject or she takes this subject and she makes it so simple that you just get it. That's the Holy Spirit. He takes all the wisdom of God and all of the revelation knowledge that is in the word of God and he breaks it all the way down to what you should do right now. Man, if you were getting a little down on yourself as I was reading this list and you were finding you were on this list way too much, don't worry about it. Just make a decision to change. And then, then look to him and go, now you got to help me change. I want to. I'm willing and I'm obedient. What do you want me to do? Right? And then just do it. Start the process. All of a sudden you'll turn around in a month from now and go, wow, things are different. Then pretty soon you'll start going, things change from this morning to this evening. Then all of a sudden you find yourself in your car driving and all of a sudden you're in the middle of just your normal life and everything changes in a moment of time and you feel like Jesus is right in the passenger seat with you and, and all of the presence of heaven is right in your car with you and you're just like, wow. See, this is what it means to walk with the Lord. Never forget, we said this, we've been saying this, this is the third night. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Now thanks be unto God who always gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph in Christ and leaves or makes manifest the fragrance of the knowledge by us in every place. This truth that thanksgiving, victory, and triumph are forever connected. They're forever connected. Thanksgiving increases your capacity to receive from God. Thanksgiving increases your capacity to receive from God. In other words, something has to happen in you so that your capacity to receive from him can increase. There has to be an internal change. Don't look for external changes. Look first to the internal changes. Because that's where it all happens. The external changes will just take place. Thanksgiving puts in motion. It's a spiritual force that puts things in motion that will connect you to the blessing of God, to the victory, to the triumph in your specific life. It's Thanksgiving. No Thanksgiving, there's nothing that can connect you. No thanksgiving, there's no internal changes that are happening. Which means your capacity to receive from him is very limited. You don't want to be a limited branch that is with an unlimited vine. Get in a position where you're unlimited. How do you do that? By being thankful. Thanking God for what is to come. Now this is big for us in 2021. Thanking God for what is to come connects us 
to the victory and the triumph that God has for us this year. Don't miss any of it because you're not thankful. What am I saying here? Guys, we have to stir up a lifestyle of thanksgiving. We've got to stir it up. Which means that that we're going to have to watch our mouth. Right? We're going to have to watch what we're listening to and what we're seeing. We have to fix our eyes on him because we have to increase our capacity. Think about it. He has given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's blessed you with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You are a co-heir to everything that God owns in Christ. You have been given all of it. That's unlimited. Could that pay off your house this year? Could that eradicate all sickness and disease or pain in your body this year? Yes. Could that maybe make four or five new income streams that get you completely free from the Babylonian system this year so that you could pursue what God has placed in your heart that you haven't even seen yet that he has for you to do? Right? Man, I'll tell you, I see it a mile away I've, because it was me. I see people come up to me and, and they're making wrong choices in their life and it's always under this context. You know, I just know God has something else for me. And so I just gotta, I don't know what it is, but I just, I need to, I need to go here or move away or do this or do that. And you're, you're looking at this person that their self-centered meter is on a thousand and they don't even see it. That was me. I remember when God had to come to me, I'm like, okay, God, I just, I can't do this anymore. What do you want me to do? He said, I need you to step out of ministry. I look back on it. He didn't say, I want you to. He said, I need you to. Could you imagine? I have a five-fold call as a pastor on my life, and the head of the church came to me and said, "Um, basically, you're messing this deal up so bad, I, I need you to step completely out of this so that I could do a work in you so that you could actually do it. And go back into the corporate world. I'm so glad I obeyed. But God is so faithful. So why am I saying this? Because there is a, there's a God side and a man side. Go to Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Ephesians 3.20. See, we're the limiting capacity here, not God. And thanksgiving is what increases our capacity to receive from him. Look at our youth today. What is the number one problem in all young people today? Self-centeredness. It's causing suicide. It's causing all kinds of problems in their lives. What's the number? Why is that? Because you know the number one problem in adults and parents? It's self-centeredness. And Satan loves it. But Satan gets scared when somebody becomes God-centered. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. But notice how it's according to to the power that's working in us. In other words, unlimited God, but it's only going to happen according to the power that's working in us. This is why in Isaiah 119, it says, if you're willing and if you're obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. And people will sit in church service after service after service and they will not hear anything because all they're thinking about is themselves. And, they, and, and because it's pride, they don't know it. So you're going to deal with people that are so self-centered. See, this is one thing about a self-centered person. I know, I could write a book on it because I was that person. They don't know they're self-centered. 
And they actually think every problem that's in their life is because of somebody else. Right? This verse, it ties the use of God's ability. It ties it to the power that's working in us. Whew. Unlimited creator of the universe, able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. But it's going to work according to the power that's working in us. In other words, God's will and ability is already established. Right? The power working in us always will result in the power working through us. No power working in us produces no power working through us. Even though God wants it, he's sovereign, he's all-powerful, God's sitting there, he's drooling, wants your house paid off, wants your debts taken care of, wants your body healed. Can only move according to the power that's working in you, though. See, when I hear that, I get excited. Because I've got somebody on the inside of me that will teach me He'll meet me right where I am, just the way Jesus did, and lift me up higher and show me how to walk in all this stuff. That's the message. God loves you tonight. He'll help you get there. We can only enjoy from the Lord what we're able to receive. I said that last week. In other words, as I said a minute ago, something's got to happen in me to increase my capacity to receive from him. I wonder how many things I missed in life because he was prompting me to go here, but I decided to go there. See, that's how come you gotta be led, always. There is no place, as we said before, between thankful and unthankful. So let's look at another scripture that's dear to my heart, I keep it ever before me and ever behind me as I drive. Right? It's 3 John 2. It's my license plate number. 3 John, look at this. Let's go to 3 John. I'll look at verse 1 and verse 2. Look at this. He's saying this. Beloved, he doesn't wish. That word in the Greek means I pray. Beloved, 3 John 2, beloved, I pray, did I say verse 1 and 2? 3 John verse 2, sorry. There's only one chapter in 3 John. If you have more than one chapter, you have the expanded version of the Bible, right? <laughs> Somebody asked me a question about Philippians 1.19 verse 3. And it's a good friend of mine, so I, I sent it back. I'm like, man, dude, you have quite the Bible. If you have 119 chapters in Philippians that's that's incredible that that's the expanded version now maybe you're talking about Psalm 119 verse 3 because your question kind of fits there but you know (laughs) third John 2 beloved I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health how important are those two things in your life see prospering That's financial and in every area of your life and being in health. I love that I'm prospering in my marriage. I love that. It's wonderful to prosper in my marriage. Right? I I, want to prosper financially. I want to prosper as a pastor. I'm so grateful that I'm prospering as a pastor. And I'm only getting started in this area. But beloved... I pray above all things. Now, listen, this is a guy that's walked with Jesus since he was a teenager, and now he's probably close to 90 years old. Beloved, I pray above all things. So this is the top thing that he's praying, that you would prosper and be in health. Here's the disclaimer. Even as your soul prospers. 
We've been redeemed from the curse of the law, which includes all sickness, disease, and pain, all of it. So when he says, and be in health, that's complete health. That's Moses type of health, where God finally has to tell you, okay, Tony, man, you're 120 years old. I need you to climb that big mountain and go die. Okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. I'll see you in a minute. Right. 120 years old. The Bible says his vigor never left him. If we could take his testosterone level, I'm talking 120 years old, testosterone level 800. Right? Mrs. Moses was happy. (laughs) Can you say that in church? Now everybody's awake. Here we go. And And his eyes never dimmed. He's like, Moses, you you hit the rock, you're not going in, you're not going into the promised land, but come up here on this mountain, I'll show you the promised land. And his eyes could see it. His eyes didn't dim. I want you to go die. Could you imagine? He's not born again. Okay. Yes, sir. And and he's up there. Could you imagine? He goes up there and he's sitting down up top of the mountain and going, okay. So God, but, um, so how how do I do this? Right? What about Enoch? Could you just take me? You know, right? But I mean, this is life. Unlimited health, unlimited prosperity, but the disclaimer, the the limiting factor is as your soul prospers. Well, how does your soul prosper? James tells us that what brings wholeness to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions is when the word of God is implanted in your spirit. So, so this is, that's the, the, the limiting factor. I love this. See, in Psalm 23, 5, it, you know, remember Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. In verse 5, it says, you prepare. That this word prepare means you go ahead and you put everything in order. You, get, you work out all the details before. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So here's God. He's like, okay, Tony is going to be born January 22nd, 1962. And he's going to kind of be born, you know, because of the fall, he's going to be born in kind of a wild situation. But no, no, no. See, He had a table. So Tony's going to be born in 1962, but the table, God went before me and he prepared everything. So there is a part of the table in 2021 that for every day of this year, in the presence of all hell, who cares? It's there for me. There's healing on the table. Right? There's anointing on the table. There's everything on the table. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And then what does he do? Then he anoints my head with oil. Why? He puts the Holy Spirit within me and upon me. So now I'm dripping with the anointing, which does what? It causes my cup to overflow. Right? It even says, as I'm walking through life, I've got three people walking behind me. You know, surely, goodness and mercy. No, just goodness and mercy. They follow me all the days of my life and I'll abide. See, I'll abide. Get this. If his word abides in me and I abide in him, I'll ask whatever I will and it'll be done for me. I abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I am in the secret place. A thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand, but it will not come near me. Why? See, unlimited God, so I've got to increase my capacity. Why is your pastor teaching on thankfulness? Because we just need to increase our capacity. I'm telling you, I want to get to the point where people walk down the street or they drive by and they're just, they feel thankfulness and they walk in this church and they're like, wow, these people are so thankful. They're not fearful. You know, fearfulness cannot live in the realm of thankfulness. Oh man, it's eight seventeen. I, and I was so, I mean, on page four of my notes, I have the, 
the story of the 10 lepers. Man. Oh, if, I, if I jump in this, this will not be good. We're going to have to close. I'm going to get you out of here on time tonight. I just want to encourage you this year, guys. This year is the year. It'll be the greatest year of your life. Might be the craziest year of your life, but it'll be the most victorious year of your life, the year of greatest increase, the year where you walk free of sickness and disease forever, the year that you have finances, that you give more than you've ever given before, that you do more than you've ever done before, but it, it, you have to increase your capacity. And so the question is, how much do you want to increase your capacity? Right? I don't know about you. I just want to see, I want to receive everything that he has for me. Why? So that I have so much? No. What burns in my heart is I want to stand before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and just have him see that look in his eyes that I've felt so much to where he's like, man, Tony. So good to be face to face with you. And, and as he's talking to me, he's got this victor's crown in his hand. And I'm looking at him and I'm looking at that crown and, you know, knowing me, I'll be weeping. And he just says, Tony, you were thankful. I know, I know you didn't see how things are going to work out. Man, sometimes you had to go in that furnace. Sometimes you were thrown in a lion's den, but you constantly kept your eyes on me and you trusted me well done see he says good and faithful servant so see the judgment seat of christ why is he calling me a servant i'm his child no no he's talking about what i've done for him so in 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 what we do that's we're servants in our relationship with him he doesn't have i'm not going to be judged for that because i can't get any closer to him than i am right now you go out, kick the cat, cuss, don't tithe, don't walk in love, do all this stuff, and guess what? You're just as righteous as you were before if you've accepted Christ. Right? And actually, the cool thing about that is you, you, you realize that and it causes you to run to him. God, you're so good. But we want to hear those words, well done. I want to hear those words, Tony, Listen, you bore all your fruit in your season because in every situation you showed the people around you Jesus. You didn't show them Tony. That's what it's all about, guys. Amen?